welcome to episode 94 of the Half Pointer Podcast. I'm your host, Alton Willie, joined by our famous producer, Johnny Pham. Unfortunately, today we are without Evan Riggs as he is on the East Coast lamenting a Kansas City Chiefs loss to the Bengals yet again. Um, unlike the Kansas City Chiefs, two of us on this podcast will be in our fantasy playoffs. The third is not here out of shame, and that is why Johnny and I are here to talk to you about the fantasy playoffs this week. Because our host, Evan Riggs, unfortunately will not know anything about that this year. So today we're going to talk about a few things before we jump into that. Johnny, how are you doing? Wow, that was a spicy intro. I I thought I was going to have to yell at you. I was like, don't, it's, it's, it's your time to shine. Go, cut, cue. Like, you, you like had a delay. So I was like, oh, guys, can't forget. He's not paying attention. We got to redo this again. But good thing is that it was uh, one take only. So we are golden there. Uh, doing good. Uh, feels good to kind of know that I'll be in the playoffs and just kind of looking at the schedule of things. I, I, I don't feel great about, but I'm, I'm just glad to not be in the toilet bowl. So we're, we're doing well. So those that are unaware, and I'll have to ask you this, Johnny, we had a, we had a matchup a couple weeks ago. And in that matchup, you decided to bench your starting running back for Nick Chubb, who's on by because you'd already beat me. Uh, since then, you were eight points under me in points for, and I'm the two seed, and you're the three seed as a result of that. How, how do you how do you feel knowing you might miss a potential playoff by um, off of being petty? You know, at the time, I really didn't think it would come down that closely. I was like, if I have a buy, or if I have the opportunity for a buy, it would be by a landslide. Like no one, whoever's in third, won't have a chance or. I'm in third and it's for sure third and I haven't been in that scenario where it would have mattered. So that is quite unfortunate, but you know, we're, we're, we're going to make it past and I, I'm in the playoffs. So I, I think regardless, it will be fine. It will be a fine scenario. I'm just trying to be positive and, uh, you know, benching or starting Chubb on a, on a buy wasn't the smartest move. And, you know, that's why I don't personally, say fantasy football takes and i'm just a, a just a producer some would say and you know i'm okay with it i can live with it well unfortunately for our listeners today you are going to have some fantasy football takes today <sighs> we're going to talk about some news some bops or flops and then some matchups we're looking to target in these upcoming fantasy matchups um so we'll go ahead and jump into some of the news probably the news of the week and some of the most unexpected that we saw was the Panthers decided to release Baker Mayfield. Uh, since then, the Rams have claimed him. Yep. A lot of people thought the 49ers would be a shoe in for him, but it looks like they knew he was a trash can. Uh, so looking <laughs> at this news, Johnny, how do, you, how do you feel about the Rams with Baker Mayfield? And are you looking to maybe acquire him since he's probably free in every league? I know. So I saw the, I, I did like how the 49ers didn't even try to put in a claim. I think he's a Rappaport. He, was, he put out a report that like the Rams are the only team to put in a claim for him. So like not even even touch him either. They're like, oh, oh well. Um, I don't even know the Rams starting quarterback lost. Or was it Blake Walford? It was Perkins. Um, see, no idea. I still think Baker might have a shot and they might put him in for a series or a half and then they're like okay good thing we just put a waiver claim on him we can release him next week type of thing but I don't think it really makes kind of any impact changes to 
what it was with their current backup that's backing up Matt Stafford compared to Baker Mayfield or whoever their starter was last week. What what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a little concerned. Um, just at least with Perkins, we knew what the Rams were doing. We have a couple of weeks mm-hmm. to understand what they're going with. Baker Mayfield as a quarterback, without a good offensive line, he's terrible. And we've seen repeatedly that the Rams don't have good offensive line this year. Their top two playmakers are out. Cam Akers came to life last week. Um, and when I say came to life, I mean he had at least a fantasy-relevant day. Um, so the Rams do have some interesting things going for them. Tyler Higby is probably a must-start in most tight end situations. Uh, so that's probably where I started on this team because he's probably the most valuable fantasy asset. Um, but Baker Mayfield's historical target rate among tight ends ranks in the bottom half of the NFL among starting quarterbacks. So I'm not excited for that with Tyler Higby. Uh, Sean McVay's offense is historically something that takes a little time to get to know and to learn and is obviously without Allen Robinson and Cooper Cup, their starting wide receivers. And this team looks like they're not going to be making a playoff run, so those guys probably won't be back. So I'm not so excited about it. Uh, I, I'm more excited even to see what Brock Purdy has with the Niners after they didn't put in a claim for anybody else um, than I am to watch any Los Angeles Rams games. It's just not something I'm yeah I was kind of impressed with Brock Purdy I I think a lot of his passes were kind of like the underneath short game but I I think he did a a solid output I mean the he he was competitive like you would just kind of think they would just kind of hand it off and call it a game they still I think he threw for almost like 30 times I think he was like 21 for 30 or something like that and like he could he can complete passes and I felt it was kind of similar to the uh the Colt McCoy um, scenario where he kind of backed up Kyler Murray for two weeks in a row. And the first week was just kind of short underneath passes. The following week, he got more hold of the playbook and more kind of shots were taken until Kyler came back. I think that's what Brock can do next week with the Niners, especially with all the weapons around him. It's just kind of, you can kind of put anyone in there, but but Baker Mayfield. So I'm, I'm glad Baker didn't go to the Niners because that could have just been a, a disastrous start. Did you see that Jimmy's out for, I think they said eight weeks if rehab goes well? so Yeah, he avoided a Liz Frank injury, so so mm-hmm. Jimmy could be back for a playoff push with the 49ers. Uh, somehow he's the player that keeps on winning. Yeah, on the Niners' note, it is pretty interesting. With Brock Purdy, and they, they actually had their highest pass rate over expectation of <laughs> And then in you know weird Week 14 NFL trends, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers led by all-time great Tom Brady, are not favored playing against Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy. They're actually four-and-a-half dogs to the wow. 49ers this week. Um, and that's that's a first in Tom Brady's career to be a dog to a rookie since 2001. Uh, so just, just a fun little tidbit. You know, staying on the quarterback train, uh, we had a, a fun one in Cleveland. Uh, Deshaun Watson got his revenge game against the Houston Texans in a game where he threw no touchdown passes and the Browns won by multiple digit scores. Uh, what were your impressions of Deshaun Watson in his first return in the last two, two years of football? That was a absurd game with someone that had action on the Browns minus seven. I thought that the Texans were just going to fold and that the Browns were just going to kind of walk away with it. And it was it was a nail biter in the first half. I, I think they were at one point it was like five to zero. Like the offense for the Browns couldn't get going at all. 
Deshaun just kind of looked lost, couldn't connect with his uh, with his receivers or tight ends. Then he threw an interception. Like I looked at his um, over under passing yard prop, it was like two thirty eight. I was like, you know, it's it's gonna go one way or the other. Deshaun's gonna pop off for three hundred, or he's gonna have a bad game. And I think he threw for like one fifty. He did not look that sharp to me, and I I'm kind of concerned. Like I I know like. Playoffs are kind of around the corner, and um, I'll, I'll probably touch on that a little later with the bop or flop players. But Deshaun did not did not look as sharp as you'd want him to be for how much the Browns are paying him. Yeah, I mean, just concerning all around. In his first appearance in the preseason, we saw Deshaun Watson do you know basically nothing. He had no completions, if I'm correct. He didn't look great in this game either against a putrid Houston Texans defense. This defense is not good. It you know. It might be an XFL level caliber of defense. And he wasn't hitting his throws. He wasn't hitting his guys. He didn't look like the Deshaun Watson we saw two years ago in Houston. Um, And he caused the value of like some really valuable fantasy assets. Nick Chubb got bottled up, even though he's RB5 this year. They couldn't get it going there. Amari Cooper didn't look great. And Donovan Peoples-Jones, who's been a pretty reliable fantasy asset, salvaged his day on a kick return um, and led the team in receiving yards. So I'm not excited about this Kevin Stefanski, Deshaun Watson going forward. I'm not going to say Deshaun's completely washed or lost, but I'm not looking to count on some of those players. Uh, But some players we might be looking to count on. Christian Watson, over the last four weeks in the NFL, is the wide receiver two in scoring. John, are you trusting this guy? Or what do you think about Christian Watson and the Green Bay Packers? I am. I think you just kind of have to at this point with Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers is just notorious to be the guys like, okay, if you're good or competent enough, you're going to be my guy. You're going to get 10, 12 targets a game. Their receiving core doesn't look that great besides the little spark that Christian Watson's given them the last four games. I think he's gotten eight touchdowns in four games. I don't know like any other wide receiver. Who's wide receiver one right now? Is it Tyreek or... Yeah, I believe it's Tyreek. I can look while you keep... Okay, yeah, that that kind of makes sense. But Christian Watson, he's just been... I don't know what he's doing, but he just kind of seems like he came out of nowhere, connected with Rodgers, and eight touchdowns in four games. It just seems like he's just... just popping off to be a superstar. I think he's, like, one of the hottest wide receivers the last, like, couple weeks. And I don't... I feel like he's a must-start kind of going forward on your team. And I... Yeah, I, I just can't believe that he's playing that well with the Packers essentially looking dead the first couple games. Yeah, and it's Devontae Adams who's above him, who's obviously had uh, multiple. Multiple touchdown games, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, on Christian Watson, he's looking great. Like you said, he's first in touchdowns over the last four weeks. Um, he's also the highest separator among any wide receiver who's gotten at least 80% of the team's snaps. So he's getting open a lot. Uh, we all remember week one where he had a very a lot of separation on DB and dropped what would have been an easy touchdown pass and then went on a stint on IR. Since returning, uh, he's outproduced every other wide receiver on the Green Bay Packers. When you look at the stats of every other wide receiver, they average 0.6 yard separation and 1.8 fantasy points per route run. Christian Watson, on the other hand, is averaging 2.3 yards of separation and 3.1 fantasy points for a route run. I mean, he's just absolutely dominating right now. He was a guy you could have gotten off of waivers a couple weeks ago. 
uh, a guy that's definitely no longer on your waivers. And coming out of the Packers' bye, which they have this week, I'm, I'm pretty enthused to see what he can do because he's going to be a pivotal guy in your fantasy matchups. After the bye week is when we usually see these rookie receivers excel, and he's really getting into that groove, and him and Aaron Rodgers having a week to really figure things out and gel is something I'm incredibly excited about. And He's probably a must-start for anybody making the playoffs with him on their roster. Yeah, I agree. It, it, he's just a must-start, and like you said, like if you got him off the waiver wire a couple weeks ago, then that might be your league winner if he just continues this pace that he's currently on. Better be careful throwing around league winner when Evan is not around. We know how he feels about that term. That's fair. You're right. You're right. Evan's not here, though. He's in uh, in, in another state that's not live doing a podcast right now. That That is correct. All right. We are jumping into bops or flops. Johnny, I don't know how many you got here, but I went three on each. Um, but I will go ahead and turn around to you just for anybody who doesn't know what a bop or a flop is. It's pretty simple. A bop is a guy that me and Johnny think are going to go off for you this week and going into the fantasy playoffs and a flop is somebody that we don't think is going to go well. So Johnny, who do you have flopping? I have a player flopping and we kind of talked about him earlier this game or earlier this podcast is Nick Chubb. He was RB 31 Sunday. He, the it's just like the Browns offensive struggles truly worried me because they're going to stick with, Jacoby or with Deshaun Watson and they're not going to bring in Jacoby Brissett and bench Watson because of how much they're paying him and I think the offense is just going to continue to struggle and it was just hard to watch like Nick Chubb had 17 rushes 80 yards I don't even think they even got in the red zone Sunday do you know if they did because I think they didn't really do a whole lot for Chubb to even get a touch in the red zone no, and I don't believe that they were in the red zone at all. Their next four games are against the Bengals, Ravens, Saints, and the Commanders. Ravens, Commanders, and Saints are a top 12 run defense against a running back, and that just truly worries me because the Texans are dead last against points versus a running back, and they let Chubb only get eight points. So that just kind of shows you that the Browns are kind of struggling on the offensive side, especially with the run game because they can't get the passing going. And especially fantasy playoffs looming, you really feel like Chubb's going to flop against the Ravens with how good their run defense is, the Saints, Commanders. Bengals is kind of like mid-tier, 15th, 16th run defense, but I, I don't feel great about having Nick Chubb. And I think he'll flop. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. Uh I'm concerned all around about what this Browns offense is looking like with Deshaun Watson. Me and Evan hinted at it to start the year that he didn't look good in his one game. And I, he, the guy clearly has a lot of off the field problems going on. And it just feels like he's in his own head, the way he was missing those passes. Um, and I just, I, I agree with you. I, I don't really want to part in that Browns offense. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't look like they're going to be a playoff contender. So it's one of those situations where you can get into week 16 and, you know, their guys just might not be at, trotted out there on the field at that point. So I'll jump into my first flop. And this one was a tough one for me because he's, he's had a really good season. He's RB5 on the season, but I think Saquon is going to flop this week. Oh, okay. So we have a highly contested matchup with the Philadelphia Eagles. It's NFC East against NFC East. Philadelphia Eagles have the third best run defense in the NFL. 
part of the reason for that is this team gets up on their opponents really quickly. And I think that the rushing opportunity isn't going to be there. It looks like all signs are pointing towards Jordan Davis coming back for the Eagles. Jordan Davis, when healthy, was their run stopper. Their loss to the Washington football team came on the back of 50 rushes and in the game where Jordan Davis was the first inactive while he was hurt. So I think this Philadelphia Eagles defense, while it's looked like a juicier run matchup for the last couple of weeks, is is going to definitely clog up the hole with Saquon. And, and I don't think they're going to be seeing a lot to work with for the New York Giants when the Eagles go up on them. Um, and I think the Eagles are going to go out and try to prove something that they're the best in the East, especially after the Cowboys had their heck of a game against the Colts on Sunday. Yeah, I agree. Um, do you want to do all flops or all bobs? Because to be transparent, I only did one bop and one flop. Yeah, I could I could jump on to my other two <laughs> while we're here. Um, this one we, we did we skipped over at the news and notes, but it, we can touch on it here. You know, my second flop. Uh, I'm gonna hit all tight ends, not named Travis Kelsey. Uh, yeah, that includes Mark Andrews with the loss of Lamar Jackson. I am very concerned about this Ravens offense. Uh, a lot of people are pointing to Mark Andrews' explosion last season with Tyler Huntley under quarterback. A few different things occurred to make that work so well. Um, and the most important of those was that the Ravens had at least Hollywood Brown at wide receiver. With Rashad Bateman going on season-ending IR in week six, there's really nobody in this Ravens receiving core other than Mark Andrews. They're getting severely stuffed at the box. Their rush game is poor. Um, so I think going forward, Mark Andrews, who's tied in two on the season, is going to be a major flop. I'm not looking forward to seeing what this Ravens offense looks sans Lamar Jackson, who's been the only player that's been consistent on them. Um, it, you know, and in addition to that, their running game, their running backs every week, it has been a different running back leading the team in rush attempts. I just don't know where this team's going forward. They're a playoff caliber team, but the way they're getting things done, I, I'm, I'm not interested yeah, I, I like what you mentioned about kind of down on Titans in general because I saw a tweet on Twitter that Cade Otten, the Tampa Bay Bucks Titan 2 or Titan 3 or whatever number he is, he this week was Titan 3. Like, just having a Titan is just feels like such a crapshoot, unless your name is Travis Kelsey. Besides that, you can kind of interchange any other tight end, and they'll be they'll be either tight end eight, tight end twelve for you. Like it really doesn't matter for the tight end group because he had six catches, twenty eight yards, and one touchdown. He's tight end three. That that's just a absurd number to be for a tight end that's like a backup on the team. And I'm just down on tight ends right now. Yeah. Um... All tight ends, flops, you need to stream matchups the best you can. Apparently, my lighting in my room is also <laughs> a flop. Uh, for those who are only listening, my lights are flickering. Um, but I will jump to my last flop. And it is my hero, my savior, one of my favorite football players to watch, one of my favorite players to ha- own in fantasy football. It's Josh Allen against the New York Jets. Um, these last three weeks with Josh Allen have been anything but what the season started out as. It looked like he was a shoe-in to repeat his quarterback one performance for a third year in a row, which is a very rare thing for anybody to do. He has fallen off since his UCL injury in his elbow. 
and getting the New York Jets this week is an incredibly terrifying matchup. Uh, Sauce Gardner all but shut down Justin Jefferson in that game. Justin Jefferson's late touchdown came when he rotated to the left side of a coverage, and Sauce Gardner did not um, rotate with him. I think the Stefan Diggs Sauce Gardner matchup is going to be something to watch. But this Bills offense has really just been the Josh Allen to Stefan Diggs connection. Uh, you look at Gabe Davis over the last five games, and he's been really inefficient. He's been unable to catch balls. He is eighth in the NFL in targets over the last five weeks. And Jeez. he is 37th in fantasy scoring. Uh, he's just a hand clapper at this point. He's not converting those targets into catches, and you hate to see it. Isaiah McKenzie is hit or miss. Uh, I mean, the Bills won the game against the Patriots on a running game that I don't think is going to be there against the New York Jets. Josh Allen's going to be asked to do a lot, and I just don't think his health is there. Over the last three weeks, he is three points off in his completion percentage from the start of the season. His deep rate throw is down 8% since the injury. He's just not doing the explosive things you like to see in fantasy other than running the ball, which is really terrifying for his owners. So I think this week uh, he's going to be a flop, and if you're, you're in a must-win matchup and Josh Allen's your quarterback – I can never tell you to look anywhere, but you definitely want to build around him and see if you can't find some guys who might explode, which brings us to our bops. Johnny, who do you got as your singular bop? And then I will. (laughs) So you already kind of name dropped him today and it is Devontae Adams. He, like you say, he's wide receiver one the last four weeks behind Christian Watson or above or ahead of Christian Watson. He's, I just love how many targets he's getting a game. I think it's about 14 targets a game. He's catching eight to nine a, a game from those targets, and he's just getting touchdowns. Like the last, was it five weeks? He has seven touchdowns, so equivalent to Christian Watson, but they are just feeding Devontae Adams. And when he has that much of a target share in that offense, where Derek Carr might be mid, but he's slinging it to Devontae Adams, I feel like he's just going to continue to kind of pop off and his next couple games are kind of a not ideal matchup for him because it's against the Panthers, the Niners, the Chiefs, and Jets. I still think that the, that Derek Carr is still going to try and force it in there. All right, what, what do you have to say? Folks, you'd love to see it. Our illustrious producer, Johnny Pham, has picked the current wide receiver one in mm-hmm. fantasy football to be the wide receiver one for you in the next four weeks. Yep. Exactly. You're welcome. Uh, no, I do agree with you. Uh, Darren Waller might be dead as far as his NFL career goes. Hunter Renfro, I don't think he's coming back anytime soon. Um, and Mac Collins is a name that we had to suddenly learn. The Raiders are certainly out of playoff contention at this point with the way the AFC West looks like. But I think McDaniels is trying to coach for his job. Definitely going to use his best players. And at, at this point, you know, you're playing for the fans and you're playing for a little bit of pride with Devontae Adams. Derek Carr certainly have a lot of. So I don't hate it. Uh, definitely a guy that I think will bop and will continue to bop. See? All right. You agree. What's the problem here? All right. We'll, we'll jump into mine. Uh, my first one is Christian Kirk. Oh, uh, I talked about it last week with Zay Jones. Uh, for anybody who listened to me talk about Zay Jones last week, I don't apologize because the – process was there his 2.7 fantasy points was not the outcome we wanted but Zay Jones had eight targets on the game he just dropped every damn ball that came his way much like Gabe Davis Uh, so we're not upset about that 
but Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and the Jacksonville Jaguars are an NFL team, despite their lackluster fantasy showing last week against the Detroit Lions, for somebody that I'm really looking to target. I really do believe Trevor Lawrence is arriving right now in the NFL. He is fourth over the last six weeks in big-time throw percentage per PFF. He's looking for those deep shots. Christian Kirk is the guy on the receiving end of a lot of those deep shots, and he plays the Tennessee Titans this week. If you're looking for a juicy fantasy matchup, it has consistently been the Tennessee Titans. Right now they're ranked 31st against wide receivers. It's It can't get any better than this. The Jacksonville Jaguars are still luckily playing for a playoff spot as well. The South is opening up a little bit for them. A win against the Titans is something that could set them on the right path. I'm all here for Christian Kirk and Zay Jones a little little less, but definitely in for Christian Kirk this week and going into your fantasy playoffs. Yeah, I, I agree with Christian Kirk being Bob because I, I love the connection he has with Trevor Lawrence. The Jaguars are still competing, and I feel like that offense is going to keep humming. Yeah, I agree. Uh, jumping on to my next guy, uh, it is Tony Pollard. Uh, oh, we're gonna have a no. We're gonna agree because I'll I'll let you get to your point first, and then I'll uh, I'll comment as well. Uh, I mean, we've been waiting for this for the last three years with Tony Pollard, watching him play behind Zeke. He is finally usurping Zeke in routes run in snap percentage last week against the Indianapolis Colts in a absolute blowout of a game. He got his. He's continued to get his. And you're going into a matchup this week with the Houston Texans, who, like you said earlier, are ranked last against the run. Uh, Don't know what they knew about Cleveland, but I'm sure that Dallas is more than happy to do it. Uh, You know, in a game that they won 54 to 19, Dak Prescott only threw for 180 yards against the Indianapolis Colts. The the Cowboys are kind of live by the run, die by the run. And they're also live by the wheel route pass play to Tony Pollard. so he's definitely been their second most successful wide receiver on this team. And I, I'm, I'm here to say he's going to continue to bob and will be a bob all the way through the fantasy playoffs. Dare I say, league winner. See, I was also thinking about Tony Pollard. I just didn't want to do the research and data and all that that you did. But after I bet on the Cowboys to beat the Colts, I watched the game very intently and – you can just kind of tell when Tony Pollard's out there in the backfield, it's just a different offense. Like, you can tell from one play if the offensive line is having a nice push and the running back gets either a 2-yard gain or a 8-14-yard to 14 yard gain. You don't even have to say, oh, who was that running back? Kind of compared to the Chiefs where it's like, oh, was that Pacheco or McKinnon? It's the Cowboys offense. You just know that was Pollard. Uh, you just knew it was going to be Pollard, and he just – he changes that offense for him, and I, Tony's just looking great, and I, I, I love the relationship that Tony and Zeke have. Like Zeke's been a good mentor to Tony, but Tony's just got that dog in him, and I, I wish he, I owned him as a player, and he was on my roster, but he is just so good. I, I, I love watching him play. Yeah, and I know how you hate numbers and all of that, so I mm-hmm. did bring one here that really encapsulates why I think Tony Pollard could be the guy that's going to win you your league. Uh, Normally in the NFL, success rate on first down runs correlates to negative 0.8. 
with Tony Pollard on the field, the Cowboys have a positive success rate on first down rush attempts. He is the guy. He just he's able to do so much more for that offense. And I think they're just going to continue to trot him out there and, you know, maybe do negative EPA plays for the rest of the NFL. But Tony Pollard just gets the job done. Be a great guy to see, you know, what he plays like in the rest of the NFL and where he ends up going forward. Uh, but I'll jump to my last bop. And this one is like super really cheating. Uh, but you you said the overall wide receiver one, so I don't even yep. feel bad anymore. It's Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Uh, this Bengals offense is rolling. Their run game is doing so well that teams have to play in the box now. And Joe Burrow is clicking on all levels. Jamar Chase looked like he didn't miss a single step against the Chiefs last week. He was converting plays. He was getting open. He was shrugging off receivers after catching the ball. And he's still wide receiver 18 despite missing four games. And T. Higgins, I mean, the the guy was wide receiver nine last week and dropped a wide open touchdown pass. I mean, it could have been a that way big week for him. Yeah. yeah. And as a Chiefs fan, that was nice to see. That was uh, wide open, like just blown coverage, went over his shoulder, and he just flat out just dropped it. Bro had a perfect throw, and I was relieved to see it be dropped. But like you said, it could have been a much bigger week for him. Yeah, well, this week they play Cleveland, who going into last week was the 29th-ranked defense against wide receivers. They <laughs> jumped all the way up to 22nd. I think part of that was playing Kyle Allen and what we saw mm-hmm. um, in that weird Houston-Cleveland game. I definitely don't think that they're going to play that well against Joe Burrow. If they do, feel free to unsubscribe from the podcast. Uh, but I think that this is going to be a blow-up week for both those players. I think you can undoubtedly start them together Hayden Hurst with a capsule injury might be out uh he was the third on the team in targets you know Tyler Boyd's kind of been a non-factor this season he's been really hit or miss and rocky uh it's really just been the Higgins chase show and I think it's going to continue to be that way yeah I agree I don't see anything that would kind of change my mind against that I know kind of at the beginning of the season I kind of called them to Missed the playoffs, and they are just—they are just humming right now. They are the offense that we kind of expected. Offensive line held up pretty well against the Chiefs in their pass rush, and the Bengals are looking good. It would have been nice to have um, Joe Mixon there last week, but Samaje Piran—he—he looked pretty solid too. And just you would think with Mixon being out, Samaje being in that the defense wasn't going to focus on the run game as much, but Samaja did what he had to do, and now I think Joe Mixon should be cleared for the concussion protocol that they should be, uh, they should just be kind of humming on their uh, kind of next, was it four games left? Yeah, yeah, you're really hoping, well, five, but last one, if you're playing in the last week of the NFL. Yeah, I question exactly. your commissioner. Uh, you're really hoping <laughs> Joe Mixon comes back there, aren't you, bud? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I definitely would like him back just due to the fact that I just really like Joe Mixon in, in that offense that he's in. Like, Joe Burrow likes to kind of dump it down to him, and he, he's just a good nose-down hard runner. And I, I just can't say anything but good things about him just because he's my boy. That he is. All right, Johnny, we're going to wrap this up with some matchups we like going into this week where you were trying to win your league. Uh, I'll let you start. What wide receiver matchup are you looking to target 
uh, I hope it's not Devontae Adams. It's not Devontae Adams because spin zone, this is for you. I didn't do any because, one, I forgot that I texted you this yesterday. And now you have to do all of this. So I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing what your thoughts are. Folks, just so you're aware, Johnny did set the entire agenda for this podcast. Uh, so anything he has missed are uh, completely at his own volition. Mm-hmm. With that being said, I'm more than happy to jump into this. Uh, we've been pretty anti-Cleveland Browns this entire episode. So going to throw some things I like out there. Uh, it is Donovan Peoples-Jones against Miami. Uh, because Houston is so bad and was unable to capitalize on the poor play by the Browns, they didn't really have to throw the ball um, as much as you would have expected it. That won't be the case when they play Miami. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones is the best wide receiver on the Browns. I am more than happy to say that he's played better than Amari Cooper last four weeks. He is getting the deep targets, and (laughs) he showed last week that he doesn't even have to be getting targets to win you a week with his return touchdown. Uh, So Donovan Peoples-Jones is the wide receiver I like uh, when it comes to matchups this week. What about Donovan Peoples-Jones? See, I would feel great about that if their quarterback was Jacoby Brissett. Did not expect week 14. I still wish Jacoby Brissett was quarterbacking the Cleveland Browns takes. Uh, I will jump into my running back. This one was a little cheap, but he didn't give you a stellar week last week against the Bills. It's Ramondre Stevenson against Arizona. I can't say a lot about him, but you know he's running back nine on the season. He has been everything that me and Evan expected him to be going into this year. He plays the Arizona Cardinals, who are one of the worst defenses in football. But what makes it even better is the Arizona Cardinals play some of the fastest football on the offensive side. So there's a lot of opportunities in this game. I do expect there to be a lot of points scored by Arizona. Coming out of their bye week, they're going to be schemed up to play the Patriots, and the Patriots are going to have to give it their all. Damian Harris might also miss this game. We've seen that when there's no Damian Harris, Bill Belichick does not want to rely on any of the other backs on this team. So Ramondre will be getting the rushing work and the receiving work. And Mac Jones, I mean, even against the Bills last week, it kind of looks like he's putting it together uh, after losing to Zap Attack for a couple of weeks as a quarterback. I think Mac Jones is, is com- coming into his own in the NFL, and I'm excited about it. Yeah, he, he's starting to look sharper. I, I do like how the offense is looking so far, especially with Mac and Ramondre. I they just they just feel like they're kind of struggling, but I mean, the NFL is just so weird. It's such a weird season and league in that. You can't really predict anything, and uh, I'm just kind of excited, excited to kind of see how the rest of the year kind of folds out for them and kind of going forward with their careers. What a statement to end it on. We're going <laughs> into our fantasy playoffs. You can't really predict anything. We do have some good facts in this one, though, so I hope you enjoyed us today on episode 94 of Half Point Per Podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Half Point Per Pod. For any of those listening on YouTube, Please subscribe, and the link is always in the show notes. Our show is available anywhere you listen to podcasts, most notably Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And please leave us a five-star review. It means a ton to us. I think we're ready to get out of here, though, Johnny. I would like to add one comment. If, Like you said, I did um, create the rundown notes and segments for today. If anyone hates it, leave us a message. Tweet at us, send us a DM what you want to see, and and we'll add it to the next show because I did this in the car on the way home. Did it pretty quick. I would like to pat myself on the back because our uh, other co-host, 
Evan Riggs, he's usually the mastermind behind this, and we just kind of follow his train, and he kind of left this up to uh, to us, so uh, I'm, I'm excited to see uh, and hear his feedback on this one, but thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you next week.